take that, take that past us. Exactly. What were we thinking? Okay, so it's us. So it's us <laughs> reacting to us reacting to the Dolby this is intros. It's gonna be insanity. It's gonna be pretty impossible to listen to. Many layers. Yeah. <laughs> it's it got so deep so quickly. It really did. People will just be like, "What the? F oh, okay." <laughs> they gave up on it too. Welcome to Super Duper Stitious. The paranormal podcast. About science and the strange. How about that? That's pretty straightforward. Got I think right to it on no that reason one. to get any more crazy with it. You than know? That. Especially after an intro like that. True, but yeah, you guys, if you are still listening, then welcome back to another week. Yes. <laughs> what we've started uh, doing first by accident, now on purpose, is listening live to the beginning of the previous episode, which is recording onto here and includes audio of the episode that it was recorded during if that makes sense so we're just layering each episode onto itself right. basically and uh we quickly discovered that we talk like crazy so <laughs> yes. we were basically a room full of ourselves dum -dums. yes yeah anyway so fuck we're back that. for another week uh i am jake i'm wyatt and we're here to talk to you about some spooky stuff and hopefully bring a little kernel of science yeah, into it happy to have you um, um Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Stereo um <laughs> Everyone's dream. Yes. What's our prompt for this week? The prompt Jake? this week that I came up with was basically spooks in the night or spooks nighttime night. spookiness. Spooky nighttime visit visitors. You you also mentioned visitors in the house and house, bedroom, I, whatever. My I couldn't quite get there short of doing just a standard ghosty story. Mm -hmm. But I did get visitors of another kind. Excellent. And with that I will jump right in my excellent unless we have updates at this point so as far as phantom of the chicago updates there are so many updates now and the, one of the biggest ones happened it was like here's a historical thing from the 80s that may help explain some of these sightings it's a, a pretty long one so i feel like i'm gonna that's save that that's right for, that's that whole yeah so i think i will uh save that the, for like just a full segment one episode okay i can do um it. So for now, I'm just kind of sitting... There's been a little bit now and then, but I'm sitting on all that for now. Okay, I can dig it. In that case, I shall begin. So, for my story, we will go to the small town of Van Meter, Iowa, uh, which has been kind of sleepy since its incorporation in 1877. Uh, the city was named for Jacob Rhodes Van Meter and his family, which were Dutch settlers from Meteren in the Netherlands. All right. So, Van Meter is about 20 miles due west of Des Moines, which is Iowa's capital city, mm -hmm. and about 350 miles west of Chicago, almost exactly on a line mm. of latitude? Latitude. So it ha it's a place that has enjoyed proximity to centers of activity, despite having little to claim for itself. That is, of course, if you ignore a rash of strange events... That unfolded in October of 1903, or did they? Oh, geez. Now, what follows, I've scabbed from the reputable website, strangestrangestrange.com. <laughs> so, strange.com was probably taken early on. Strange, yeah. strange, apparently also got snatched up at some point, and, and I, they're like, well, we just gotta go for another one. It's either gonna be strange, strange, 69, 1000, or <laughs> strange, strange, strange. <laughs> Or lowercase x, capital X, strange, capital X, lowercase x. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Dot MySpace. I've edited it heavily because mm. the language was not great. So many cuss words. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. It's literally just the word fuck over and over. <laughs> what an With interesting story. Yeah. <laughs> so it all started one night at about 1 a.m. 
when a UG Griffith noticed what appeared to be a burglar with some sort of light on the rooftop of one of the downtown buildings. He approached the building to get a better look at the character, but as he got closer, the burglar made an impossibly large leap to another rooftop across the street and Uh-oh. disappeared. No, we're not going in that direction. Don't <laughs> okay. worry. Um, this stranger was not named Jack by any chance. No, indeed. Okay. Nor were all of his clothes the color of sheepskin, nor were they all black either for that matter. In the middle of the night, a Dr. Alcott was awoken in his room at his office by a bright light shining on his face through the window. He also figures himself to be in the midst of a burglary, grabs his gun, and runs outside to stop the intruder. Uh, What do you think he sees, Jake? Something he can't explain? Spoiler, it was not people. Uh Oh. Yeah, I'll give you uh, three guesses because you have all the pieces. Nighttime, 1903, bright light, window. An... Wrong. Dr. Alcott (laughs) confronts a tall, bipedal sort of monster with bat-like wings with light coming out of a blunt protrusion on its forehead. Whoa. Right. So, Dr. Alcott reportedly opened fire on the creature from close range, but with seemingly no effect. He then retreats inside as the creature just simply moves off. Hmm. So, after these first two encounters, Van Meter was... A buzz. As it would have to be. Indeed. Uh, most folks still thought it was a particularly agile burglar with a cape. And a glowing forehead. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Clarence Dunn, the local banker, brought along his shotted gun to watch <laughs> over the bank. Uh, his preparation pays off when around 1 a.m. a strong, blinding beam of light comes through the front bank windows. Hmm. It moves side to side as if scanning the room before oh. resting on Mr. Dunn. Oh At this boy. point, naturally, Clarence felt himself prepared to shoot the shotgun. Uh, he fires around through the bank window at the figure behind the light, which, side note for all non-monster humans out there, uh, it's a good example of why you should avoid pranks involving breaking and entering with most Americans at nighttime. <laughs> yes. They will definitely go for the shooting option no matter what the... And then they'll be like, wait, why were you here? (laughs) So he shoots the gun, the window goes smash, creature disappears. (laughs) The light vanishes, and by the sun's light the next morning, Mr. Dunn finds sets of large three-toed footprints outside the bank. Ooh. Uh, The story goes that he makes plaster casts of these prints, Hmm. but even though this detail is very well documented insofar as this legend is documented yeah uh the casts have gone the way of the van meter visitor that's right that's what we're talking about right now you didn't guess it right at all (laughs) the night after mr dunn made his flimsy shitty casts van meter's hardware store owner ov white woke up with a metallic rasping sound outside his second story room Hmm. through falling rain mr white could see a creature resting on the crossbeam of a telephone pole near the building because america and this is how we have dealt with the unknown for over 100 years mr white picked up his gun (laughs) which everyone had took aim and shot the creature (laughs) apparently he was also like the town sharpshooter as well Hmm. the creature seemingly unwounded turned and released an overwhelmingly horrible smell that knocked Mr. White unconscious. (laughs) 
White's neighbor, Sidney Gregg, had woken up during the exchange and witnessed the bizarre creature coming down the telephone pole. Oh. He described the movements of the creature's descent as resembling those of a parrot, which I think is kind of a cool detail. Yeah. Using a beak to help in grasping the structure as it went. Wow. And the following line, I just have to read as it was originally written on the site. On the main street, the creature became erect, and according to Mr. <laughs> Gregg, it was at least eight feet tall. Which, of course, can be translated as, once the creature reached the road, it got a huge boner, <laughs> which, according to Mr. Gregg, was at least eight feet tall. Impressive. Of course, this translates as, once the creature reached the road, it stood up, right? Yeah. Come on, let's be real. And according to Mr. Gregg, reached a height of at least eight feet tall. The creature then took off uh, with some records reporting that it hopped like a kangaroo and others that it flew. Hmm. Um, Sounded kind of chupacabra here. It point. is kind of chupacabra. <laughs> it's true. Uh, in either telling, it heads in the direction of the abandoned coal mine on the edge of town. Hmm. As it went, light was emitted again from its forehead, seemingly as a kind of scanner. Uh, Sidney Gregg described it as quote bright as an electric headlight unquote, which by 1903 standards is not really all that bright necessarily. Yeah. The townsfolk spent the next day wrapping their heads around the previous day's events. The following night, eerie sounds could be heard coming from the coal mine. Uh, the Des Moines Daily News later reported that the sound was as, quote, though Satan and a regiment of imps were coming forth for a battle, unquote. <laughs> really interesting combination, that. Yeah. Not Satan alone, nor imps alone. <laughs> <laughs> they sounded like imps, but they sounded like imps that were... Led by Satan. Led by Satan. They had some sort of order to their chanting. Yes. <laughs> you could tell there was a certain discipline despite their, hmm, impish nature. <laughs> uh, a group of townspeople formed an armed mob and headed to the mines. Uh, as they arrived, they saw two of the creatures emerging from the depths of the mine and flying into the night. They resolved to ambush them uh, once they returned to the mine. Just before dawn, the creatures returned. Everyone, you know, opens fire. However, once again, the uh, shots don't appear to have any effect. Damn. And the creatures simply release that noxious odor again and crawl into the mine. So the next day, the story kind of uh, veers in two directions. Either they simply were never seen again, or a group of townsfolk heads out to the mines and, like, boards them up for good. Mm. And, again, in either case... We don't see these creeps yeah. once more. And here's a couple artist illustrations of what people said they saw. Oh, interesting. They kind of wow. look like pterosaur, skexy monsters. Yeah. With shooting it's lasers like out of their head. Skexis and that, that's the right hand mm -hmm. one. Yeah, that one's very interesting. There's no mention <laughs> of a fucking weird chest glyph. Yeah, I feel like that's a pretty weirdly specific thing to the, go ahead and add. The one on the right looks like someone drew the giant demon from Fantasia the wings part and then change the head to like a creepy bald crow head and then drew like a pentagram on its chest <laughs> basically like this is what you saw right like no not at all they're I like i didn't say any of those things i nailed it <laughs> <laughs> so as usual let's assume this all really did happen that the town of van meter was indeed visited by some kind of strange bat or pterosaur like creature perhaps mm. with a glowing horn uh can we support it or explain it scientifically well the most conspicuous feature for me and probably everyone is the light emitting horn yeah 
Um, this sounds like something you might see on a very deep sea organism. This will be boring for Jake, but many creatures of the deep <laughs> oceans are capable of bioluminescence. God, oh my God. He's so sick. He, he finds this not cool. <laughs> <laughs> Um, they can produce their own light. So this is accomplished by many different organisms in the animal kingdom. Um, even outside the animal kingdom, some fungi can do this too. And some algae as well. Some algae as well, indeed. Pretty cool. They, uh, they're single cell algae that emit a light with a radius far larger than their cell size. Ooh. So their natural predator is a shrimp. And when the shrimp swims through the water to try and get them, the act of stirring up the water causes, just, just disturbing the water causes them to fluoresce. Oh, and so cool. the, shrimp, uh, uh, the swimming shrimp then cause all these algae to light up, which reveals where the shrimp is in the water so that the shrimp's predators can see them. Oh, wow. So the algae evolved to kind of like say, hey, look, look at this guy. Come get him. Yeah, right, right. Oh, he, he might cool. eat me, but you're going to get me. So bioluminescence is extremely boring, but that, that's a fact. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That was a very good example. Um I was even just going to say fireflies. And these organisms often accomplish this either through light-emitting molecules, such as luciferin in fireflies, Mm -hmm. or through control of bioluminescent bacteria, which live uh, sort of... And are more imp-like in there. there. (laughs) Yes, As opposed to the firefly enzyme. Indeed. Um, And they live within the organism. Uh, I won't get too far into the specifics of the mechanics uh, underlying these amazing features, but suffice it to say... Bioluminescence is primarily used to accomplish any one of four major tasks. There are more than four, but we'll just say these four for now. Camouflage uh, through counter-illumination. So Mm. that's a large word basically meaning um, (laughs) (laughs) counter-illumination. Oh, God damn. It's kind of like, so it's equivalent to like counter-shading. Counter-shading, yeah. So a lot of, you'll see like sharks and whales and things where they're dark on top and light on the bottom. Exactly. If you're looking down at them, you can't see them because they look like the water below them that's dark. If you look up at them from below, they look light like the, you know, the light above Like the sky above, so you can't find their outline. Yeah, so counter-illumination accomplishes the same thing, say in dark water or at nighttime, where they're dark above but lit up from below, so they look like, say, the starry night or whatever above them. They can counter illuminate some uh, constellations. Yeah, yes. by Van Gogh. Pretty much, though. And uh, my example was uh, some squid can do this so they can shine underneath themselves, bioluminesce underneath to uh, obscure their outline. Bioluminescence is also used for attraction, sort of nature's red light factor, if you will. <laughs> the hey baby over here effect. So that's fireflies for sure. Yes. Uh, mimicry. So you can think of angler fish, which are very deep sea predatory mm-hmm. fish, which use a worm-like glowing appendage to lure fish towards their mouths and it can also be used as a warning sign or an oposomatic uh, signal uh, much like the bright contrasting colors of you know toxic frogs or bugs or anything else or snakes uh, venomous snakes Um, so a glowing body can often be a means of saying don't touch me or eat me Uh, you might die (laughs) so some organisms do also use bioluminescence to illuminate prey and scan their environment, if you will. But the light is, as far as I know, never emitted as a beam. Yeah. It's not like a flashlight. <laughs> uh, it's more of a kind of like lens filter or tiny lamp to illuminate similarly tiny prey. Yes. <laughs> and I guess the next most conspicuous feature is the fact that this thing sound like a dinosaur. <laughs> yeah, it really does sound like a dinosaur. Uh, pterosaur, to be exact. Uh, I think this came up during the Thunderbird episode as well. Uh, but for those of you who were never like 8 to 10 years old, pterosaurs were, as the name indicates, winged lizards. Mm-hmm. 
this group of organisms died out entirely in the late Cretaceous. Their niche filled almost immediately by the theropod descendants, aves. The mm. birds. The birds. The um, birds. The birds. And yet the beaky, bat-wingy details of this creature are very pterosauroid. They are. Um, also, I should note that one of my favorite sci-fi channel original movies is the movie Pterodactyl. It has it all. Oh, it's just my God. A, it's something. That sounds amazing. Yeah. It sounds better than one of my favorite sci-fi originals, Ice Spiders. Ice Spiders is a close like second or third. You've That's seen like, this as yeah. well? <laughs> Remember the part where he kills one of the ice spiders with a mounted deer head? No, I don't. I gotta rewatch that one. <laughs> I remember the fun, vibrant colors of the ice spiders. Indeed, despite there being ice spiders, they <laughs> yes. came in all colors. Fluorescent. Bright. Indeed. Yeah. Uh, that's what another podcast about? idea yeah. right there. <laughs> ice spiders, the podcast. Where we <laughs> only Just talk about, about that We show. only talk about ice spiders every episode. 400 episodes. Every <laughs> episode is three hours long. Yeah. Um. So, anyway... So what gives pterosaurs? For one thing, it strikes me as ridiculous to expect an actual pterosaur to live in a cave, much less on the ground, minus maybe a few species, much like we see some birds living on the ground these days. Yeah. But on top of that, I mean, you know, they're extinct. That's that's a big, big sticking point for that, yeah. In, indeed. And on top of that, even if one somehow lineage of pterosaurs miraculously was reproducing in a cave for... <laughs> literally millions, millions and years. millions of years bullets would most definitely wreck their day yes assuming the people of van meter weren't just shooting their guns with their eyes totally shut <laughs> we can figure at least one bullet hit and so what the hell the only thing i can think of that this reminds me of in terms of a group of people seeing something repeatedly and being freaked out by it and shooting at it is that group of people seeing what they thought were goblins in what was that? Arkansas? Or? Oh, the... um, Right. So that is the Kelly Hopkinsville encounter, I believe. Which is in um, what state? Hopkinsville, Kentucky. Kentucky, okay. So they have these glowing bat-like eared little gremlin-y monsters attacking their house, right? Yeah. That one. Yep. Yep. It laid siege to their house, right? They laid like some straight-up siege. They, I recall them being described as sounding like um, a regiment of imps being led by Satan himself. <laughs> That does sound familiar. I, and we all know that sound at this point. Yeah, exactly. It's um, unmistakable. That obviously sounds like... <laughs> Which, uh, <laughs> Which sounds for kids are these? <laughs> Kangaroo sounds <laughs> okay. for kids. <laughs> Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> this one actually has comments by other people too, which are one by Super Blue Gamer Nine Thousand. Is that seriously how they sound? <laughs> Reply by Ali Kids. Yup, slightly similar with the sounds I make while asleep, smiling. <laughs> and then more recently, Spectacular Lincoln requests without music, please. <laughs> Can I just get those kangaroo sounds? <laughs> Um, I totally derailed myself. That's all right. So, what the fuck am I talking about? Not a dinosaur. Finally, the bad smell. Many organisms use chemical or odorant signals to deter unwanted attention. Mm -hmm. uh, skunks, anybody? 
Uh, even the bee, Jake and I have studied, uh, will spit up a little bit of a foulish brew that smells akin to citronella. It's funny because it's, it's supposed to be foul. It probably burns the eyes of a small thing, but it smells delicious. Oh, not delicious, but it's, it smells, <laughs> it smells Stop fantastic. eating that candle, Jake. <laughs> it smells fantastic. Like, it's yeah, just it's very nice. pleasantly just Piney kind of lemony. Yeah, exactly. Like, I think it smells like lemon pledge or lemon pine saw. I can see that for sure. I imagine it doesn't taste very good either. We haven't tried this yet. I might try it tomorrow. Lick some bees. Yeah. You ever, Your homework tonight, listeners, is lick some bees. You ever lick a bee? Um, so this behavior as used as a defensive maneuver kind of works for me as a believable aspect. Yeah. But it still kind of doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, I can't think of one bat, for instance, that uses farts to keep its attackers at yeah. bay. So if anyone's interested in reading this story for themselves, do not use the strange, strange, strange link that will be posted, but instead the Des Moines Register, which has a slightly better worded version, more more uh, clean worded. Okay, so um, we'll post that link instead then? Yeah, fuck, okay. fuck the other one. <laughs> and I guess the take home is uh, I'm going to side with others out there and say this is in all likelihood a tall tale to boost visits to Van Meter. Overshadowed by Des Moines, just 20 miles east, I'd wager Van Meter just needed anything to pull people out of the city. And to this day, folks who are maybe a little too interested in cryptids and the paranormal head to Van Meter to try to find the light ray shooting, fart burping, impervious subterranean pterosaur monsters. (laughs) It's even become the topic of a book by a Chad Lewis and his co-authors who went to Van Meter to research what they could of the legend. I personally think it would be pretty interesting to see what's in those mines if they're still accessible, just yeah. to see what's going on. Look for some bones. Yeah, if they found a cool corpse, I'd be like, holy fucking yeah. heck, this is crazy. If nothing else, you could find, like, you know, oh, here's the remains of whatever they actually did see, even if it was some just normal animal or something. Right. But yeah. Exactly. You know, it would really legitimize the story. But uh, until then, more Phantom of the Chicago, please. Yes. <laughs> so that's that's my segment for today. Cool. Yeah, it sounds like a really odd sort of thing. To, it, it's... What strikes me about it that makes me think not so much tall tale as maybe something just like people mistaking something else right for this creature is um the specificity of the stories like i I guess a tall tale i mean anyone can write anything there's no reason why it has to be so when did these stories like what's the earliest posting we see is it on the strange 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 dot com no I think it's well before that site so like actual printed um, stuff there's actual printed stuff from the days okay of and which is cool so that's where I think the the idea of like the description likening it to a parrot climbing down the pole it's so it's a very specific, specific yeah image because it is a very interesting way of moving and I guess you know people could have pet tropical birds and stuff and see how they move around a cage and things like that but it seems like not a common touchstone for everyone to be like oh yeah how parrots move right and seems more like something someone would have seen to have that idea in mind but it's you know that could just be a way of trying to make it seem more real another another argument that i've read a few times in support of this being something that actually happened is a lot of the people who uh reported on the story or or came forward about it um, in any kind of uh, meaningful way, were prominent figures in the community, um, you know, businessmen and and like heads of their role, if you will. So they had sort of everything to lose in some sense by making up some bullshit. Mm. Um, you know, as far as being just ridiculed and like this is nothing. What do you? Why did you do this? Yeah. That said, I wonder how much of this story hasn't just like big fished its way into what it is now. Definitely, yeah. You just know, like 
there playing are telephone over the years kind exactly of thing. and there's there's there are a few different even you know anything i've read so far about it has been like well in this account it goes this way and that account it goes another mm-hmm. and so you know it definitely has been tall taleified but yeah very cool i'd be interested to know what really happened all those years ago right if anything I no guess. more visits from the visitors <laughs> so i think following my segment since we uh already did the uh very very exhausting and kind of gross process of summoning in the shadowlands website it's pretty traumatizing and this is the first time we've tried this two weeks in a row i think it's maybe true. we are just i feel like we did it better this time we yeah i feel like i lost a lot less blood this time yes which is important indeed you looked unwell last time yeah. this time we just look scarred but I also did do all the work of taking both of these gigantic wheels all the way from my apartment to yours. So that was <laughs> enough reason to make it worthwhile to try it out this week. Very impressed. I can't even imagine how much money you had to pay to uh, contract that truck, <laughs> that flatbed, <laughs> to uh, to get these here. But I did another here ritual, actually. That worked out differently. <laughs> another but, um, ritual. But we are going to try another segment of Shadowlands Roulette. So, oh yeah, with that music just sliding in, it feels good to be back in the room with it for some reason, even though literally every artifact we use is evil and bent on our own destruction. (laughs) Destruction. It's already affecting my ability to speak. So So the way this game works is we uh, have all these horrible evil ancient artifacts, uh, some of which we had built brand new. But they were built ancient. <laughs> yes. We can't stress this enough. We had to build them from scratch, and they were already ancient when they were finished. So what we do is we go to this horrible old website called <laughs> theshadowlands.net. It contains a lot of stories of haunted places around the world, around the country. This website existed before, basically, language even. This is back in um, the year 1994. Well before the Matrix came out. Yes. Very far before. And um, right, we have two sort of collections of places. One is the United States. The other is all other countries in the entire world. (laughs) Because that's just how the United States is. So we spin one of the wretched wheels, either of states or of other countries, to determine where we're going. And um, oh, to, sorry, sorry. No, no, no. You can say that part yeah. first. And but in order to pick the uh, wheel that we will spin, we have to flip the uh, accursed coin of doom, mm-hmm. and uh, this coin will uh, decree which wheel we are forced to um, have our fates sealed by. Yes. So uh, I believe who went first last week. I think I went. I think you went first. I told the story first. I flipped the, flipped the coin first, first. So you flip for me this time. Yes. So all right. Let me see if I can get. I feel like the coin is getting bigger too. It does actually. I think it has. Uh, every time we flipped it, it gets just the slightest I I, bit larger. Yeah. I think I need to put this down so I can use both hands. So I'm gonna just. Yep. I'll go for it. Oh, the dreaded wheel of states. So you will be spinning right. the wheel of states. Now, do yeah. you need a hand up there? Yeah. If you just get me up the okay, first get, five feet or so. Do you want right, to get on here? Get yeah, on my shoulders. Yeah. Right, and uh, okay. All right, all right. Ready? Can you hold my mic? Okay, I got your mic. Yep. Okay. All right, thank you. Uh, okay, here we go. Go for it. Uh, uh, okay, it's spinning. It's spinning. It's still going. Where ooh. it stops, we don't know. Okay, now we know. Massachusetts. Hey. My home and 
happy land. That's the anthem for uh, Massachusetts, right? It's similar to the uh, Canadian national anthem. Oh, Massachusetts, my home and happy land. <laughs> the Bay State, it is pretty nice to <laughs> drive really fast. This goes really well with the Bossa Nova. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see here. Scanning through so many stories, stories, stories. Let's go with this one. Nantucket. There was, was a man from there, I heard. Indeed. Uh, this story is the chicken box. The chicken box? A former chicken coop that was used as a speakeasy during Prohibition. That sounds awful. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? I think we need to unpack that sentence. All right. Keep going, keep going. A former chicken coop that was used as a speakeasy during Prohibition and is now a popular bar at night spot. That was a big chicken coop. It must be a big... I'm imagining one of those tiny little fucking boxes yeah. in your backyard. They call it the chicken box, so... The chicken box, yeah. In the early morning hours one winter, a person reported seeing a number of people in the parking lot dragging a case about the size of a refrigerator. The police were dispatched. <laughs> I have to report a case being dragged? <laughs> But as their headlamps and spotlights passed over the people, they disappeared. <laughs> After the police left, the men returned and dragged the box closer to the bar. The person who had reported them before saw one in her car. The police were dispatched again, and again they disappeared when the light hit them. The police left. The men reappeared and, dragged, uh, and managed to, to get the box inside. The next morning, the woman tried to start her car, only to find that the battery had gone dead. Oh my god. They kind of lost the thread on that one. <laughs> Terrifyingly. You know, yeah. The only thing scarier than that story was how it was told. <laughs> well, um, there's Nantucket. There we go. So, uh... Do you want to spin the coin? I mean, spin... I'll spin that coin. <laughs> and I'll flip the wheel when you're done. Sounds good. Yeah. Flip that whole wheel. <laughs> Alright, let's see here. So, uh, oh, I'll just get this thing here. One sec. Put the mic down. Okay. Alright, here we go. Yep. Oh, jeez. Almost hit me with that one. Knocked me right up cold. Yep. Oh, okay. the dreaded wheel of states again beckons for your soul, All my friend. Right. I'll, uh, see if I can get up here. I'm gonna just, I'm gonna try anything. I'm gonna take a running jump. Alright, sounds over. good. Alright. Here we go. Uh, Okay, all right, I'm up. Nice, I'm well done. And... <laughs> oh my gosh, that was a good spin. Is that okay? So I landed, a, it's going, it's going, it's going, and Arizona. Oh, the AZ. All right. Reading a story from A to Z. That I am doing. All right, we got a, a fair handful of stories here, so Ooh. zoom around here until I can land on a good, uh... all right, Prescott. Angeline's Grave. Ooh, that sounds very promising. For years, many people have seen the ghost of Angeline. She was a small girl that rumor has it died in the 1800s from a plague. No particular plague. A plague. While traveling in a wagon train headed west. There have been several sightings of Angeline. There have also been experiences such as tiny handprints on the outside windows of cars and bad mishaps for those that try to steal her headstone. What? Steal a headstone of a small child who died? All right. What the hell? She has even been sighted near the area a few miles from her grave in search of her mother, 
Her grave is the only grave in the direct location area. It is, <laughs> it is fenced, has a headstone and a single tree, and is located near Lynx Lake and Diamond Valley, right outside of Prescott. Hmm. Wasn't Angeline the girl Dolly Parton was singing about? I'm pretty sure that's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was another very, very spooky tale. Indeed. Very from, creepy. Uh, Shadowlands Roulette. All right. I think we narrowly escaped with our lives and our wits once again. Indeed. From, from that we, segment. We uh, managed to escape. So I will then uh, seize on this opportunity to tell you a story. <laughs> a window of another week <laughs> before we're forced to play again. <laughs> because that's something we haven't disclosed. That's the impact we accidentally <laughs> yeah, signed when we exactly. built. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, my story. This one comes from a Reddit post last week, written by... I'm not sure how to say this name. If it's supposed to be Cat the Star, or Cath Star, or Cathester Star. It kind of looks like it could be. Cathester. Cath Star. I don't know. C-A-T-H-E, capital S-T-A-R. Cat the Star. Seems like Cat the Star would just without the extra T. I have been in a long-distance relationship with my girlfriend for a couple of years, and every summer and winter break, I'm able to travel to go see her. This encounter happened about two years ago at my girlfriend's house. I should mention that my girlfriend lives on the outskirts of her city in Mexico, where houses are around two to three hundred yards apart and it's surrounded by dense woods. Hmm. Usually, days and nights there go about peacefully, accompanied by the sounds of the woods and the occasional car passing by from others who live nearby. Nice. I'd also considered her place to be perfect to spend time outdoors until this occasion. Oh. Honestly, I don't think I have ever been this scared in my life. This setting will be carved in my mind forever. On a chilly night of December, and I can't imagine how chilly it gets in Mexico, but He's sure. Like, it was only 68 degrees. Uh, I was at my girlfriend's house. I had planned to spend the night with her since she would have been by herself that day. Her mom was out of town and she didn't want to stay by herself either. Sure, dude. That's why you're staying over. Yeah, because she didn't want to stay know. by herself. That's right. That's right. We were having dinner in the kitchen at around 8 p.m. We chatted about activities we could do tomorrow, tasks her mom asked her to do, how much we miss each other, among others. After about an hour of conversation and laughs, we decided to go into the living room and cuddle on the couch watching TV. Yeah, right. They'd be fucking. <laughs> Jake. <laughs> I was imagining they would just be holding hands and talking. We can hold hands while about fucking. <laughs> hold hands. <laughs> We both got up and put the dishes in the sink. She went into her bedroom and I went outside to the bathroom. The house layout consisted of a long corridor that connected pretty much every room in the house and a back door at the end of the corridor which led to the patio. The patio was open, full of trees, plants, and the only thing separating the patio from the woods was a fence made up of stones and barbed wire that stood at around one meter tall. Okay. Halfway down the patio, there was the bathroom, lit by a single and weak light bulb. So if anybody wanted to go, they had to walk outside, even in the middle of the night. Wow, okay. I'm not coming here at night, I thought. Remember when I opened the back door and <laughs> stepped in- Because I'll be coming on the couch, am I right? <laughs> I remember when I opened the back door and stepped into the patio. A cold breeze sent shivers across my back, so I hurried to go back as quickly as possible because, to be honest, I was a little spooked going outside in the darkness, knowing mm. that the woods were pretty much a few steps away. Mm. And the Mexican woods are much scarier than any other woods. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Indisputable. <laughs> I finished doing my business, washed my hands, and started walking back. His business, he <laughs> says. Being careful not to trip on something because the light bulb was almost non-existent. Mm. The light itself was ample, but the bulb was almost <laughs> nothing. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, I was what, about half. What a, what a fucking idiot! <laughs> I was about halfway when I heard a noise to my left, like someone stepped on a branch and broke it. I stopped and quickly turned, trying to see what made the noise. I could only see a portion of the fence and nothing but darkness beyond that. Mm-hmm. However, I had this weird feeling that someone or something was watching me, something on the other side of the fence. Ugh. I stood there in silence for about 30 seconds, listening to the surroundings, only to notice the crickets had stopped chirping. Oh, no. I got a, free- a bit freaked out because I knew for sure they were chirping when I first got out. I was somewhat scared to move, but I did anyway, almost running to get inside as soon as possible. Yeah, right. When I returned, I went to my girlfriend, who was already in the living room, lying down on the couch with a blanket on top, ready to go. She noticed I was a bit agitated. Round 47 (laughs) of 300. (laughs) Um, She noticed I was a bit agitated and asked me what was wrong. Your patio is scary, I jokingly said, not wanting to tell her what I felt because she hates anything that has to do with horror or scary stuff. <laughs> I decided to brush it off, so I went around the couch and sat at the other side, at the other end of it, putting my girlfriend's legs on my lap, and asked what she was watching on the TV. What a position. <laughs> I turned to my right and noticed there was a huge window on one side of the wall that gave me a perfect view of the patio. Mm-hmm. I didn't see it before because it was next to a cabinet and covered on the way, uh, <sighs> and covered on the way into the living room. What? I'm just getting scared. Yeah. <laughs> now that I knew about it, I just I kept turning to see outside, still thinking how scary it looked. As we were watching a boring documental, documental. <laughs> it's I, when it's a uh, when you go crazy from learning too much <laughs> from TV. Yes. I took off my girlfriend's socks and started to rub her feet below the blanket. After all, it was a chilly night and her feet were cold. Oh. We didn't have conversation. I was getting sleepy, but. After around 20 minutes, I started hearing noises outside, noises that seemed to be coming from the patio. I grabbed the controller and muted the TV to make sure I was hearing right, and I was. It sounded like tiny twigs breaking and grass being brushed. I quickly turned to my right to see outside the window, but I could see only the plants and part of the trunk from a big tree. The noise, although faint, stopped for a few seconds, resumed a few moments later, and stopped again. I stood frozen, watching outside the window, almost as if waiting for a thing to appear. What is that fog? I whispered to my girlfriend. <laughs> okay, <not really. laughs> What is that noise? I whispered to my girlfriend. But after I didn't get a reply, I turned around and stood up a little to see, um, to see she had her eyes closed and had fallen asleep. Mm. It's usually better to do both. You know, have your eyes closed <laughs> when you fall asleep. Her classic wide open eyes. <laughs> I was a bit freaked out, but I chose to believe it was probably a coyote or some other animal that lurks around in the woods. Right, 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 right. I kept watching the TV muted, waiting for that noise to start again, but after a while, I realized that it stopped. Turned around one more time to see outside the window, and I felt my heart sink into my stomach. Oh, no! Oh, no! The first thing I noticed when I looked outside this time was a faint image of a gray, pale, and tall humanoid figure peeking from the side of the big tree trunk, staring right back at me. No. I suddenly froze in fear, not wanting to even slightly move or breathe. I watched this thing as it watched me, even though I couldn't see its eyes because of the poor lighting. But I knew it was watching me. I knew it was aware of me. I somehow felt it. The creature was, like I said, pale, really pale. I could see the contrast between its skin and the bark of the tree. The creature was very thin, had really skinny shoulders and torso, as well as an elongated neck. It looked like it was around six or seven feet tall. Unfortunately, or should I say fortunately, (laughs) I could not distinguish in detail any facial features because of how dark it was. But I could perfectly picture in my head the shadowy areas around where eyes would be for a person and a huge other one where the mouth would be. It was sort of grinning. Uh 
At this point, I was trembling a little, and I wanted to let my girlfriend know what I was witnessing, but I didn't want to move a muscle or break eye contact with that thing. I felt like I needed to remain still or play dead to lose its attention, but no, the creature kept staring at me, not moving an inch like it was trying to do the same. Then, to turn things worse, the creature started to make echoey clicking sounds, kind of like a frog, but slower. Notice it began to turn its head to its left side and turn back to look at me really fast. I didn't know what to think anymore. All I wanted was my girlfriend to wake up and prove to me the thing was real. I began whispering her name in between my teeth and mouth, not even wanting to move my jaw, but she wouldn't wake up. And the thing kept doing the same, turning its head to the left and back to me really fast. The creature crouched, Ugh. kind of like when big predator cats are hunting and lay low, preparing to attack. What the fuck, I whispered. <laughs> I know, stupid. I didn't even think about the fact that if I woke my girlfriend up, she would start moving and that thing would notice both of us. But I was so scared that I kept trying. This went on for maybe f- less than 15 minutes before I realized <laughs> I still had my girlfriend's foot in my hand below the blanket, so the thing would not be able to see me moving. Only using my wrist, I slightly pulled her foot back and forth, whispering her name again and again, but no response. She was dead. (laughs) She died. (laughs) Then I stood in shock when I saw the creature stand up again and started walking backwards, still looking at me and disappearing into the darkness of the patio, doing the clicking sounds again. I want to try and find a recording of the sound the predator makes. Yeah. uh, But whatever. That's pretty good. Thanks. It's really hard to do. (laughs) You can see you're just pouring sweat. That's actually not bad. No, it's not bad at all. I'll you know, I'll put in right now. I'll put in a recording of like in post of the actual sound. Yeah, here we go. Oh, there it is. It sounds exactly the same. Look at that. Thanks. <laughs> um, Nailed it. I passed saliva. What? It's a medical term. Okay. And blinked a few times, realizing my eyes itched from staring at the creature the whole time. For some reason, I couldn't turn my head around. I kept looking in the direction where the creature disappeared, listening for sounds and waiting for it to appear once again. It's called feared, bruh. <laughs> you ever experience it? You ever experience it? Huh? <laughs> a few minutes passed, and I took the chance to turn around. Slowly, as if in slow motion, oh, I no. turned my head to my girlfriend and started calling her name louder, a pu- a pushing her leg and quickly scribbling my fingers on the sole of her foot to wake her up. Fast. <laughs> Spelling out the words, wake up. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh... Her foot jerked and she started turning. I stood up to her shoulders and patted her, whispering, Hey, wake up, baby. She opened her eyes and squinted at me, adjusting to the light of the TV, wondering why I had woken her up. I kept telling her to remain still and silent when I heard the sound again. We go for it? Oh. <laughs> yes, exactly. Quick, 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 quick. She looked at me, noticing the concern in my eyes, and asked, What's wrong? Shh, be quiet, I followed, putting two fingers... In her mouth. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, Putting two fingers on her lips and looking into her eyes. I could see she was getting freaked out, and I don't blame her. I would be too if someone woke me up looking scared and telling me to be quiet. The clicking sound went off again, but it was louder this time, almost as if that thing was on the other side of the window. This time, both of us heard the noise, and we stood looking at each other in silence, getting more and more scared. What is that fog, my girlfriend asked. (laughs) What is that, my girlfriend asked, but remained quiet. Uh, But I remained quiet. (laughs) I was going to say, if she remained quiet, just thought that. (laughs) Um, That's even making noise. (laughs) That's my version of quiet. (laughs) Again, in slow motion, I started to turn my head to the window to check. And there it was. The thing was right outside. (laughs) Is that that Michael or is that... uh, Jason. Oh, I don't know. It's that's Jason. That's Jason. Jason. Yeah. All right. 
Um, I said the window, only a couple of feet away and staring right back at me. Oh, no. This time, I had a clear vision of how it looked. I was wrong before. I was petrified in fear when I noticed it didn't have a mouth where a person would have it. Instead, the mouth was on its neck, which opened horizontally, not vertically. What so the like fuck? a sideways mouth on its neck. Come on. That's crazy. As its mouth opened, it vibrated with the clicking sounds, and hundreds of really small, razor-like teeth shined with the window glare. It had oval-shaped eyes that were as dark as the night. I felt its gaze pierce through my soul. <laughs> I, started, <laughs> I started shaking and breathing faster, not believing what I was seeing. My girlfriend peeked by my side to see where I was looking, and I instantly felt her body tense up under me as she started to... S- <laughs> Thank you. As she started to ask me in a trembling voice what this thing was, but no answer came out of me. Now we were both scared to even move a muscle. After the humanoid noticed my girlfriend move, it gave a step forward and lowered its head, almost as if it was scanning us. A bright beam of light came out of its forehead. (laughs) (laughs) And it burped so loud. (laughs) Knocked them out. Mm -hmm. Um, We jumped in fear after seeing the thing doing it because we thought it would start coming towards us. My heart was pounding so fast I thought it would faint any time. Then the thing began to walk slowly to its right side in the direction where the door to the corridor was, resuming the clicking sounds. Hmm. If you've seen the movie Signs... And remember the scene where the humanoid came out of the bushes outside the house? <laughs> That's where I got my inspiration for the story. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that would be an accurate representation of what we saw. Mm-hmm. We took a good look at every inch of the thing's body. It walked with its head turned to us. Mm-hmm. After we lost sight of it through the window, we both sat up and looked at each other when suddenly we heard something scratch the metal door that led to the corridor, as if the thing was grazing its fingers on it. Without thinking twice, I grabbed my girlfriend's wrist and jolted out of the living room, locking ourselves in her bedroom. We sat on the floor right next to the um, right next to the bedroom what door I guess the bedroom door yeah. hiding in case the thing got inside. The scratching sounds continued and my girlfriend started to sob, still asking about what we saw. I felt powerless, knowing I couldn't do much to reassure her. I could only hold up, hold her, and hope for the thing to give up and leave. The noise continued for about three minutes when it suddenly stopped. Then we began hearing footstep noises all around the house. So we kept turning to whatever direction we heard the noises come from. Mm-hmm. Eventually, the noises stopped, and after an hour or so, we figured the creature had left. My girlfriend, still with tears in her eyes, asked me if we could lay in bed. I agreed because my back was hurting from being in that crouch position for over an hour. We slowly crawled into bed, making the least noise and possible. Fucking... <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> and covering ourselves with another blanket. Don't worry, baby. Everything is going to be okay tomorrow. Try to get some sleep. I told her as I How tightened my grip around her. possibly say that? Yeah. So, yeah, this, this be fine. This is fine. Yeah. She didn't reply. She was dead. <laughs> but, <laughs> but after a while, she fell asleep again. Then I pulled my fingers out of her mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get a minute of sleep that night. I kept my eyes open, listening to every sound around us. Mm-hmm. The next day, we didn't even want to touch the subject. All we said was that the creature was not from this world. My girlfriend said she felt the creature's gaze pierce into her, almost as if that thing was feeling with its pure sight. Nothing else was said, so we uh, we sort of we were left sort of traumatized. You know, just a little bit. Just sort of traumatized. I guess, you know. I realized she was going to have to put up with that fear of going outside in the future, and I didn't want that thing anywhere near her again or her family. Days after the encounter, we both suffered from nightmares. She mentioned that she sometimes woke up in the middle of the night, screaming and trembling, and wouldn't be able to stop until her mom went to check on her. <laughs> the fences that separated the patio and the woods had since been redone. They now stand at two meters tall, blocking any easy access from the woods. For this, they had to make sure they didn't go have to um, didn't have to go outside at night. They haven't had any other encounters again, but my girlfriend insists that the patio gives her chills at night. I keep wondering what that thing was, that humanoid creature. 
Oh, oh, that thing. <laughs> yes. So I have <laughs> an image uh, that the writer, the original poster, drew of what this thing looked like. I mean, I'm sure it's creepy looking or hilarious. It's just a like, really crude stick figure drawing like a child would do. Yeah. Me, creature. So there is what the guy saw. Okay. Yes, had the witness, and then you scroll down here. It says, uh, it "Looks like a classic couch. gray." I was right here. That's cool. I say, guy, I don't know if it was a guy or not. Um, it does look like a classic gray until you look at it closer. I mean, it's it's pretty tall because gray is really usually small, and it has the neck mouth thing. Right, the neck mouth thing's cool. So I don't know, maybe it was, a, it was like a smoker for a few decades. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's their version of the stoma. Voice. Yeah. So yeah, very weird. So what exactly happened to them? It's creepy. I mean, it is. It, my initial reaction is creepy pasta. Pasta. Yeah, it's again, it's like the the moderators on these particular threads are usually pretty good about trying to pick out stuff that is fiction, but ultimately it's impossible to really know what the intent was behind an author. They could be just making stuff up. Sure. Um it, and, his setup is great. The start of it is really strong. Yeah. But the certain satellite details around the story of like the after effects and the post first encounter stuff something about it's it gets a little bit too it strikes a little movie for it's me. a little too perfect yeah yeah one other important thing and i know this is definitely on your mind this question is definitely on your mind definitely on the minds of the listeners and luckily it was also on the mind of uh <laughs> hang on a second user posticon did it have visible reproductive organs <laughs> for real <laughs> yes oh. so someone definitely went there That's so funny. um and the op responded no, I forgot to mention that. I wouldn't say it looked like a male, but for sure that thing didn't have genitals where a person, male person, would have them. Hmm. Probably it had its own method, but I wouldn't be able to tell. <laughs> That's funny. Interesting. Does so, he, does someone res- else responded more recently. <laughs> that is kind of horrifying to imagine. But what if the mouth is involved somehow? <laughs> People are very, sometimes fixated on certain aspects of Zinger. Science. Does he respond to any other comments like that? Uh, let me have a quick just This helps me through. test their... When asking, the creature's mouth was on its neck and it had a f- mouthful of razor-sharp teeth? What was where a human mouth would be? Nothing? Also, did it have a nose or any type of nostrils? And they go on, the questions keep going on from there, and the response is pretty long. Um, let's see here. Uh, like, don't challenge the fundamental yes. structure of the thing I made up. Uh, yes, the thing had an elongated neck which contained a mouth with what appeared to be many tiny razor-like teeth which came out horizontally from the mouth on its head which didn't appear to be smaller or larger than a fully grown human. Uh, even though I got a clearer look the second time, the lighting didn't provide much more. But I can say that its face was composed only by its oval-shaped eyes. What I mean by where a human would have it is that even though it had a chin, or what appeared to be the structure of the chin, plain and pale skin covered the rest of the face. So they're saying as far as just like, it didn't, like there was yeah. nothing else where the mouth, where we would have a mouth. I guess, why would you have even a chin? Yeah, um... Okay, this confirms what I was thinking. He said the person's an English learner. So there, um, there's some areas in the story that I changed some of the grammar a little bit. Uh, just because it was like just slightly odd choices that, that made me think this was not someone who speaks English natively or isn't their, isn't their first language. Right. Which, it's pretty telling that it's written way better than most of the stories I ever find by actual like <laughs> native English speakers. Yeah, so let's see. That's one response to a post. Um, what else we got? Uh it's general conversations. Nothing really, obviously, um, making any difference to the story. It's like people asking for elaboration, and I'm just kind of reiterating stuff. Uh, was it wearing anything? No, no clothing at all. Uh, although you haven't had any other encounters since, has your girlfriend? 
Has she heard any other unusual things? Has she considered getting a camera? No, she has not mentioned uh, anything of that nature since. Only now and then she has told me she gets an uneasy feeling going out at night. Uh, no, and I don't think I would. Um, I don't think it would be one of her priorities. She's asked one of the neighbors about unusual things happening, but none of them have experienced or heard anything strange. Hmm. So, well, like, the answer it. is like it's some of the specific details in the answer is like you know talking to like asking a neighbor and they didn't say anything either. Like if it were a constructed narrative, you could kind of like there'd be room to make like build on it more. So saying no, nothing's happened since. I mean, maybe they're trying to just like Unless keep, you're the cards, to... keep the cards close to the chest. Yeah. Close to the vest, excuse me. Yeah, please, Jesus. Get the idioms right, Jesus. So it you, could just you, be totally fabricated. You fucking idioms. <laughs> um, the story could be totally made up. <laughs> if it's not totally made up, what else could it be? Could it be some kind of shared delusion they both had? We talked about the idea of right. shared delusions in, in previous episodes. That is a pretty intense thing to quickly convince someone of, though. Yes. Um, so as far as the idea of them priming each other, like he saw something that freaked him out. It could have been a weird animal or something, and he got really scared, and then it came back later, and then she saw it too, but... Mm-hmm. It sounds like he didn't have enough time, and maybe he's omitting a part like, to kind of like to help the narrative, saying, "Oh, I told her about what I saw, and then she saw it too." Right. In order to make it seem more like like his story is credible, as opposed to something that could explain it away. If we take the narrative as a given, like what happened is what he said, mm-hmm. he or she said, then probably you know they didn't have time to prime each other. He didn't have a chance to she he or she. I keep saying he. I don't know. I uh, didn't have a chance to uh, deprime the girlfriend about what was out there in the darkness before, true, true. before she saw it. Wondering if it could be something natural and explainable, like if there's some some kind of animal they might have seen that might have given them that impression in the right. darkness. Like nothing really comes to mind. There's not really much by way of bipedal animals in uh, <laughs> in the Americas other than humans. Yeah, exactly. So. And I mean, it does the illustration. Ooh, we're getting some thunderstormy action right now. It's very oh, yes. blustery I'm outside. Quiet. Um, it has been hot as hell around here. Yeah, thunderstorm is pretty welcome. Is it rainy? It will be soon. Okay, cool. Because I didn't bring an umbrella. Oh. <laughs> Compare what he describes to the scenario in Signs in the birthday mm-hmm. scene, the famous scene that jumped everyone out of their fucking skin when they watched it back in 2002. Don't totally remember it super well because it's been so long. I have it queued up for you. Okay. I don't remember it being a... Uh... Oh, cool. Oh, that. Oh, yeah. Oh, damn. That's cool. So it's very, very similar as far as it stepping out of the bushes, looking straight at the camera, and just kind of sidestepping out of out of frame right. and moving to its right, even <laughs> moving to its right. It has all the structural similarities to the thing he just illustrated. Yeah, that looks so similar. It's uh, the same thing in my for my money, and invoking that particular movie scene. Like it's it's that for me is where the card falls away from the vest, if you will. Yeah, he's uh he's he's tipped his hand. Yeah, this he's seems creepy. Playing cards. He's playing cards, <laughs> and then his response was this. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> a shot of Joaquin Phoenix going. Oh, <laughs> swing away, Joaquin. Swing away. Swing away. But um, yeah. There we go. It's a bunch of bullshit. It's a bunch of bullshit. Take that, Cav Star. What you got now, son? Whoa, we have four warnings. Severe thunderstorm warning. You know there are. Oh, there goes the rain. Oh shit! And there is um, <laughs> uh, there are tornado warnings for Concord right now. Yikes! We're yeah. in the fuck zone right now. We are in the fuck zone. Hey, you want to capitalize on that? <laughs> <laughs> we 
we're all done. All right, you, thanks for joining us. We got something. We got, to do. we got something to uh, work out. If you know what I'm saying. Yeah, uh, we are going to get smashed by thunderstorms. We're going to go take care of that. Yeah. Um, thanks for joining us this Thank week. Thank you so much. Yeah, we'll be back again next week with some more spooky tales yes, of indeed. fun stuff. We hope and, you'll... you know, if you wouldn't mind, why don't you head on over to Apple Podcast or Stitcher and leave a review. Yeah, and give, us a little, uh, give us a little review. We'd really appreciate it. We're trying to grow the show up. and uh, We know there are a few of you who re- listen regularly, and we know there are fewer reviews and ratings than there are regular listeners. Come so. let us know how you feel, as long as it involves five stars stars and positive words yes. <laughs> but boost that signal help us out get more listeners to if you don't mind jump on board and we can have some more fun together Please and thank you and uh yeah until uh, next week we we hope you guys have a great one and uh see you then bye bye, bye.